Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to give you a very important State House update of what has taken place at the Ohio State House this last week. Of course, they're starting the new General Assembly, and one of the first things to uh, conduct is a vote for speaker. Uh, the Ohio voters actually voted in 67 of the 100 House members, 67 Republicans. So they were coming in in a supermajority, and uh, there was only 32 Democrats in the Ohio House that were elected across the state in the 2022 midterm elections. But you wouldn't know it for what uh, happened last week in the Ohio House as a group of 22 uh, Republicans joined with Democrats to elect a uh, speaker, and it is actually a moderate Republican, Jason Stevens, and uh, to the shock of many. In fact, what happened earlier in November and December the caucus, the Republican caucus, who had already won the election of 67 seats, they chose Derek Marin, who a conservative uh, from the Toledo area, to be the new speaker. And uh, he won the, the caucus vote, so it was uh, basically to be a vote in January, once they're all sworn in for speaker. But here comes this betrayal of 22 Republicans to join with 32 Democrats to elect for all intents and purposes, a Democrat speaker. You have to argue that that's the case, as more Democrats uh, voted with uh, for the speaker than Republicans. So what happened to the other 45? They were sitting there stunned. And so I want to read to you a statement that the Ohio Christian Alliance put out on the election of the speaker's race. And here it is. Representative Jason Stevens was elected by more Democrats than Republicans. 32 Democrats voted for Stevens for Speaker, and only 22 renegade Republicans voted for him in a betrayal of the Ohio House Republican Caucus, December vote which elected Representative Derek Marin for Speaker of the Ohio House. 22 Republicans who pledged their support for Derek Marin in December changed their votes on Tuesday and voted for Jason Stevens, joining the entire Democratic Caucus. Derek Marin lost the vote by a measure of 43 to 54. The Republican caucus was shocked by the betrayal of the 22 Republicans who joined the Democrats to elect Jason Stevens as Speaker. This is truly now a House divided. The conservatives have been spurned once too many times and now have been betrayed when it was their time to take leadership. What Representative Stevens guaranteed Democrat Allison Russo, minority leader, and the Democrats is unknown. What is known is that the Democrats wanted favorable districts in the map redraw, no additional restrictions on abortion, and the tabling of the 60% threshold for a constitutional amendment formerly known as HJR 6 in the last General Assembly. The reason for the Democrats want to stop the 60% threshold constitutional amendment is that they want to clear the path for a fall ballot initiative constitutional amendment that will legalize abortion on demand in Ohio. Taking, a, taking us back to Roe v. Wade, even abolishing Ohio's ban 
on partial birth abortion. Pro-life Ohioans are beginning to awaken to the real threat of a constitutional amendment on the ballot in Ohio that will heavily uh, be funded by pro-abortion groups such as NARAL and Planned Parenthood, pouring millions of dollars into campaign ads to pass a simple majority constitutional amendment that would put Ohio right back to where we were initially under Roe v. Wade. Without question, Representative Stevens made an agreement with the Democrats to secure the 32 votes. To think otherwise is to be completely naive. What conservatives understand is that their agenda is now dead on arrival. Any meaningful pro-life legislation is now dead. Educational choice legislation is now dead. Protecting women's sports legislation is now dead. Protecting our children from the transgender agenda in public schools is now dead. Any meaningful pro-life, pro-family legislation is dead with this speaker, who was elected by a majority of Democrats. For all intents and purposes, the Ohio House that has 67 Republicans is now ruled by a Democrat speaker. After this unprecedented betrayal, how long will it take for a vote of no confidence to be formulated? Fifty votes are needed. Any meaningful conservative legislation will now need a discharge petition effort of 50 votes to put it directly on the floor. Without this, we are looking at a two years of a raucous caucus and gridlock for the next two years. This is not what Ohioans voted for. They did not vote to capitulate to the political left. There are some things worth fighting for, and now it appears that a fight is underway for who will govern Ohio, the political left by proxy or a, of a compromised speaker, or the Republican majority that was elected in November. That is our statement from the Ohio Christian Alliance concerning the speaker's race and the vote last week. And I got to tell you, lots of people are shocked by what happened. And uh, we're told that tomorrow on Wednesday, the 45 uh, Republicans that, are, that hung together to vote for a conservative Republican, they're going to caucus tomorrow without the speaker and without those other 22, and certainly without the Democrats. And they're going to consider what they need to do to go forward. Well, this has put everything on hold. You can imagine over there in the state Senate uh, with Matt Huffman as Senate president waiting uh, for the House to uh, become organized, which no committee chairs have been filled at this point. Uh, No committee assignments have been given. And uh, they're not really, the 45 are not really at this point really willing to work with Stevens and the 22 who basically fostered this betrayal. Let's go to a report from the Ohio News Bureau and Karen Kassler, and let's listen to this report. The controversial proposal to require a 60% majority of voters to approve some future amendments to Ohio's Constitution did not pass in the lame duck session last month. But it's not dead yet, though the deadline to pass it and put it before voters this spring is fast approaching. Senate President Matt Huffman says he doesn't think his fellow Republicans in the House have the votes to pass the resolution requiring 60 percent of voters approve all amendments proposed by citizens groups. But those proposed by state lawmakers would still need a simple majority of voters. But Huffman says if it gets to his chamber. I think we would have the votes in the Senate to do that uh, and I would support it. 
Newly elected House Speaker Jason Stevens says he'll have to look at that proposal, which would have to pass by February 1st to go before voters in May. In case a vote is needed, Huffman has set a session on the morning of January 31st, which he notes is the same day as Governor Mike DeWine's State of the State address, though that has not been announced by DeWine's office. Karen Kessler at the Ohio Public Radio Statehouse News Bureau. What she's talking about is the constitutional amendment process here in Ohio that currently, uh, if you have enough signatures, you can go to the ballot on a constitutional mem- um, uh, measure, and a simple majority will pass it into law. Uh, this last November, we voted on a couple. One was about uh, setting bail uh, for condition of release or setting bail for criminals. Uh, the public safety must be be taken into consideration because earlier, uh, the Maureen O'Connor court, uh, basically, she was the renegade Republican that joined the Democrats, uh, had a terrible decision a year ago where they said that local judges uh, did not have to take in the safety, uh, the, 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 the public safety in consideration of a violent criminal's history in setting bail. Well, that's just ridiculous. If somebody's violent, has violent tendencies, uh, that should be considered. That's where the court system keeps these people and safeguards the public until a trial uh, can be heard uh, and the process can be carried out. Uh, So that was something that passed by large margin in November. The other one was that illegals uh, cannot, uh, non-citizens cannot vote in Ohio elections. You say, well, that's a no-brainer. Oh, yeah, except there was a community in Ohio uh, down there in the Dayton area, uh, I think it was Yellow Creek, Ohio, they basically, their city council passed that non-citizens could vote in, in their uh, municipal uh, elections. Well, Secretary of State uh, put an end to that and said, no, you can't. And then the measure was put on the ballot. This is going to be a big deal. We have millions of illegals flooding into this nation over the southern border because of what, uh, basically, I was going to say Barack Obama, but it was uh, Joe Biden. You wonder who's really in charge there. But Uh, Joe Biden is letting them come in by the hundreds of thousands. And actually, last year, uh, it was in the million, early before that, the year before that, the first year in 2020, uh, it was 2 million, uh, 2021. And last year was another 2 million. Millions are pouring in over the border. We don't know who these people are. There's security risk. There's increased violent crimes. There's drugs. Uh, The addiction of drugs, fentanyl uh, is pouring in over the border. It's killing our youth. So. This is the problem that we have, and to say that illegals then coming into our communities can vote, well, that's ridiculous, and that's why we passed that here in Ohio. By the way, in the District of Columbia, their city council voted that illegals or non-citizens, excuse me, could vote in their election. So this is a growing problem on the political left. We're going to have to put the end to that. It's Constitutionally, you have to be a U.S. citizen to vote in our elections. That's how it is. So this is very important, and this is just ridiculous to what we see right now. But again, back to what we just heard in the 60% threshold. This would raise it to, you have to have at least 60% uh, to uh, pass a a measure of a constitutional amendment, changing the Ohio Constitution on our ballot. And so we need to get that done to safeguard Ohio's heartbeat law. And I'm going to give you some an update on that, by the way. Remember um, last fall, where there was uh, basically a Hamilton County judge put an injunction uh, on the Ohio heartbeat law, and it hasn't been in effect since last fall. But State Attorney General Dave Yost 
just filed to appeal it to the state Supreme Court. And I got to tell you some great news today. The Justice Kennedy Court was uh, convened today for the first time. So they came out at nine o'clock this morning and no more Maureen O'Connor. She's gone. And uh, so uh, Justice uh, Sharon Kennedy is the new chief justice of the Ohio Supreme Court. And the Republicans do uh, hold control of the state Supreme Court. So the Ohio's heartbeat law has been appealed to the state Supreme Court. And this is what the Hannah News article says concerning Attorney General Dave Yost's appeal. It says this, in his appeal of preliminary injunction against heartbeat, abortion ban, uh, that's the SB 23, formerly State Senator Christina Rogner got that through in the 133 uh, General Assembly, which was issued by the Hamilton County Court of Common Pleas and upheld by the First District Court of Appeals, Attorney General Dave Yost asked the Ohio Supreme Court to clarify that the state can immediately appeal such an orders, and in the interest of resolving the important merits issues presented the court, should also grant review to decide whether there is a right of abortion, and if there is, whether abortion providers rather than women seeking abortions may sue to enforce it. Yost wrote in the filing. So, again, the heartbeat law is to save the unborn when a heartbeat is detected. Uh, once uh, the Dobbs decision came down, uh, he appealed, got it out of federal injunction. The federal judge released the injunction on Ohio's heartbeat law. It became in effect during the spring and summer, actually saved lots of lives in this state. Then the political left found a favorable judge in Hamilton County, put an injunction on it, and now it's being appealed by State Attorney General Dave Yost to one re-election for the next four years, a pro-life attorney general, and he's appealed it to the state Supreme Court, which where we should get a favorable decision. But we'll keep you posted on that. But we're going to take a quick break right now, and then I'm going to go back to the Ohio House Speaker vote with Jason Stevens and how he's a man on an island alone right now with the 22 renegades, and they're getting pummeled by their district. And I'm going to read to you a rebuke that came to them, a censure motion by the Ohio Republican Party on Friday when they elected their new Ohio Republican chairman. And uh, they passed a resolution really rebuking the 22 Republicans that joined with the Democrats to elect this guy. This is unbelievable. You're listening to News in Focus a broadcast of the Ohio Christian Alliance. We come to you each week at this time. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back on the other side. Don't go away. In the Army National Guard, soldiers serve part-time and close to home. My community means everything to me. It helps shape me into who I am today and is where I choose to raise my own family. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from. And as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The education benefits I got from serving helped me get my degree and jumpstart my career. The training and leadership skills I've gained from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people, help my neighbors, and look out for my community. I know that when my neighbors need us the most, my fellow soldiers and I will be ready. My family loves it here, and my part-time service means we get to stay here. Serve part-time in the community you live in as a proud member of the Army National Guard. Talk to your local recruiter or visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. And I want to read to you uh, the statement by the Ohio Republican Party as they passed a resolution last Friday 
Uh, they met for their annual meeting to elect their new chairman, and he was elected. And then they went ahead with a uh, a resolution, a motion for resolution to basically to censure the 22 Republicans that joined the Democrats, the majority of Democrats, 32 Democrats, 22 Republicans voted for this guy, Steve Stevens, to be the next Speaker of the Ohio House. And it is now a House divided. But in fact, we saw the little clip. We may even make that available on our website where, uh, in fact, uh, check that out. When you go to our website, we'll have a little video there. Uh, one of the Central Committee members stands up, and he gives a sermon, man. He's on fire, and he's talking about, he's a Christian man, obviously, and this brother just goes to town and uh, got the got him all riled up, and that's why they probably passed this thing. This guy really got it going in the State Central Committee. We'll have that on our website, that video. Uh, check that out. Again, that's at the Ohio Christian Alliance website, or just go ohioca.org. But uh, let's uh, also the full statement that we made about the, the speaker vote and how Derek Marin, the conservative Christian, was betrayed. And by the way, I'm going to read this first by what the Ohio Republican Party did. Then I'm going to share with you what Cleveland.com reported in an interview with Derek Marin, who is a Christian, raised in a Baptist Christian home. His father was dying in December, was in a hospice, and that's when this betrayal took place. So, folks, it's really bad, and it's this is the worst that politics gets. And as the Ohio Christian Alliance, we're a public policy organization. We're going to give you the truth that comes out of Columbus and in Washington so that you can better pray and really seek the face of God, that we pray for those men and women in service in public office, and basically get rid of the bad apples uh, when needed during elections. We'll give you the information. We don't endorse candidates, uh, but we will tell you the information, and then you make the decision. But let me read this statement to you. So the Ohio Republican Party rebukes the 22 renegade Republicans who voted with the 32 Democrats to elect moderate Jason Jason Stevens as the Speaker of the Ohio House. So here's what they said. Um, A group of GOP lawmakers band together with the Democrats earlier this week to elect State Representative Jason Stevens. Uh, of and as speaker, the the move turned what was supposed to be a routine vote into a shakeup, as the House Republicans had previously chosen Rep. Derek Marin of Monclova Township for the role. The GOP State Central Committee passed a resolution after electing Hamilton County Republican Chairman uh, Alex Trianafalo as the new state chairman. The resolution states in part that the vote dishonors the party and empowers the House Democrats. So, again, this was a rebuke by the Republican Party on the 22 Republicans who voted for Stevens. So this is big. This is a big deal, actually, and you're going to be hearing a lot more about it. But then let's go to the Cleveland.com article, and this is important because Derek Marin was raised in a Christian home. He was raised by a uh, Baptist pastor father. And in December, his father was very ill, and he was in hospice. He ended up dying on December the 29th. And I want to read to you this report of an interview in Cleveland.com, because I think this has bearing on it. Remember, Derek was elected by the caucus uh, to uh, be the next speaker, and that is always honored. The, the, the party majority, which they had 67 seats, he won the caucus vote in uh, uh, November, December, and it was just to be uh, carried out in January, but that's not what happened. So this is what uh, Derek Marin said. He said, Ohio Derek Marin, Jason Stevens used my father's death to become Ohio Speaker. Uh, 
State Representative Derek Marin accused State Representative Jason Stevens and his supporters of stepping up their efforts to stop him from becoming Ohio House Speaker while he was in hospice, while he was dying what, with his dying father. In an, inter- in an interview with the Cleveland.com, the Plain Dealer, Marin, a Toledo area Republican, also said he tried to reach out to Stevens and his fellow Republican supporters only to get a non-committal response. He also said he held discussions with House Democrats and agreed to many of their requests, though Democrats ended up uniting with Stevens, GOP allies, allies to elect Stevens as Speaker uh, last Tuesday. There had been rumbling since, uh, since Marin won a House GOP caucus vote in November that Stevens would buck tradition and continue to fight to become Speaker. But Marin and Stevens and his allies ramped up their efforts when they found out that Marin's father, Russell Marin, was in hospice. Russell Marin, a Baptist pastor, died on December the 29th. That's when the foot went on the gas pedal, went into play, Marin said. When Marin was asked how he felt about that, he replied, how do you think I feel? Marin said that while uh, I was at hospice, he made 40 to 50 phone calls trying to put the rebellion down, as well as trying to hire new House staffers. Excuse me. Stevens ended up getting only 22 GOP votes on Tuesday, nine votes less than he got in the House GOP caucus vote. However, Stevens won after all 32 House Democrats voted for him. And this is, uh, again, a release that we put out, but this was in Cleveland.com. So there you have it. Uh, You have Stevens and his people working behind the scenes while Derek Marin was with his father in hospice, who was dying, uh, and ended up dying on December the 29th, working this betrayal with the Democrats to elect Stevens instead of Marin. I tell you, folks, this is as bad as it gets. And so, you know, look, we pray for these people, but, you know, when this kind of stuff goes on, and by the way, the reports are that big lobbying groups were vying for this power as well in persuading votes. So a lot of lobbying money was being poured into this and being offered to these people to switch their votes. And so what was Derek Marin going to do? Well, he was going to work on passing the backpack bill. What is that? Well, that's school choice. That means that the money would follow the child in whatever school that you would choose. It would give so many students the option to get out of failing public schools. Well, the Public School uh, Teachers Association and the Ohio Education Association, big lobbying group, they didn't want that, of course. So they're pouring in money and interest. Uh, Then uh, Derek Mayer was going to have hearings on saving women's sports. You know, these transgenders who enter into uh, women's sports in the elementary school level, and these girls are denied their opportunity and their athletic uh, uh, progress by boys who feign to be girls and then enter sports. He was going to advance that bill, which would have banned that practice here in Ohio. That's off the table now. Then you have additional restrictions on abortion to save the unborn. Uh, Many pro-life measures were going to be introduced. Those are off the table now. So it's unknown just how bad this is going to get, folks. But again, at the Ohio Christian Alliance, we're going to give you the information that you need. So visit our website, that's the Ohio Christian Alliance, that's ohioca.org, 
We'll have that video up of that impassioned speech by the one central committee member who basically said, we've got to pass a resolution rebuking these folks, in which they did. And that's kind of a big deal. The The party itself rebuked these 22 Republicans. And it's not the end of it. There's going to be a lot more that you're going to hear in the coming weeks. And we'll keep you posted. Keep visiting our website. If you're not signed up to our email list, please do so uh, by going to our website, Ohio Christian Alliance, and clicking on the uh, sign up to our email list. That's a way that you'll get our emails in a timely manner, and we'll hope that you'll do that. Uh, That's on the right side of the page. Join our email list. And then, of course, to support this program, uh, make a contribution today uh, at the Ohio Christian Alliance. Just click on the click on the donate page and uh, make a contribution. We'd appreciate that. But uh, hang with us. We're going to talk about censorship and the uh, next part of our program with Tom Zawistowski talking about big tech and how it uh, censures the voices of conservative Christians. Uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. In the Army National Guard, soldiers serve part-time and close to home. My community means everything to me. It helps shape me into who I am today and is where I choose to raise my own family. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from. And as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The education benefits I got from serving helped me get my degree and jumpstart my career. The training and leadership skills I've gained from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people, help my neighbors, and look out for my community. I know that when my neighbors need us the most, my fellow soldiers and I will be ready. My family loves it here, and my part-time service means we get to stay here. Serve part-time in the community you live in as a proud member of the Army National Guard. Talk to your local recruiter or visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Review. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue the following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. Today we're going to talk about a very important subject, and that's censorship of conservative voices. And today I'd like to title this program, Censorship, the Effort to Silence the Voices of Opposition to the New World Order. And that's exactly what we see. Some people think, well, that's kind of an old term going back to 1992 with George H. Bush. But it's the same 
dogma of the world new order and actually the globalists and what they're trying to do. We look at it as wokeism right now, but it is insidious and in that it is throughout our culture right now in social media, the major media, print media, and conservative voices are being silenced. It continues. One thing that has brought this all to light as of late is that Elon Musk has bought Twitter, and it took him $44 billion to buy the big tech Twitter uh, social media platform. But with that came a revelation of files that confirmed all the conspiracies that conservatives have said were being shadow banned, were being deplatformed, our voices are being silenced. And this program we've talked about, the Ohio Christian Alliance has had uh, censorship, shadow, shadow banning, uh, our ads have been blocked and denied repeatedly, and somebody says, oh, you're just imagining that. Well, we have proof now, folks, that we're not imagining it because we got a gift from Twitter just before Christmas where all of our ads over the last two years were all of a sudden, 11 of them, were accepted. Now, that only happened because Elon Musk has now freed things up at Twitter, is no longer censuring or shutting down conservative voices. With me on the uh, phone is a, a strong conservative voice here in Ohio and beyond. That's Tom Zawistowski of the We the People Convention. Uh, we've worked with Tom about the last 11 years on a number of issues, and he and I have both been talking about the problems that we face getting our message out to a broader audience, and it started happening about five years ago. I want to go to a quick clip right now from Dennis Prager, who's also on the Salem Network, and here's what he's saying about PragerU and the videos that they share. Unfortunately, big tech shadow bans or censors makes it just hard for us to promote our videos. For all we know, they may shut us down completely one day. So it is imperative that if you want to see what we produce, like our videos, that you give us your email. It's really a big help for you to do that, and it ensures that you know exactly what we're producing and can get to it directly. A lot of us really love the conservative content of PragerU and the videos that they uh, put out on their platform, but many of you have not seen them. And there's a lot of content we've not seen. Why? Because Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook or Twitter or uh, YouTube has blocked them from being seen to uh, the masses. Well, folks, that's why we do need your email as well so we can send you our messages directly to you. So far, we've been able to do that through the email providers that we use. But that also has been some problems for our guest, Tom Zawistowski, and he's had some issues on all fronts because of the conservative content that he shares uh, with his folks. Tom, welcome to the program. Well, Happy New Year to you, Chris, and to all your listeners, and I'm, I'm grateful to be able to be on uh, to talk with you about this very important topic today. So thank you for inviting me. You're welcome, my friend. Now, we think about Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Google, and I was going to start saying, well, let's talk about shadow banning and, and being blocked. Well, <laughs> that's old hat for you and me. They've used much more sophisticated things to derail the message that we, the People Convention, has been trying to send. So it's, it's one of those things where, where do we begin? So let, let's do that. Let's talk about, this goes back, when did you start recognizing as a conservative organization, we, the people, and the Portage County Tea Party, when did you start recognizing that there was something up with uh, maybe your Facebook or social media with Twitter or YouTube? 
when you start realizing, hey, our content is being uh, shadow banned, we're not getting enough likes, we're not getting views, we're having difficulty uh, getting this launched, when did you first recognize this was happening to you? Well, you know, it, we've been working on, you know, on our We the People convention and the Porch County Tea Party for about 14 years now. You've been at it a lot longer than that. But the first sign that something was wrong started with email because we would get people who we see in person who would come to our meetings and they would say, geez, Tom, aren't you, aren't you sending out any emails anymore? I, I used to get them. I'm not getting them. And I'd go and I'd look and I'd say, well, I'm sending it to you. Why are you not getting them? And, and that was the first indicator, Chris, that, you know, something nefarious was going on because, you know, we thought email was like a phone call. Or, you know, like if I send you an email and you asked me to send it to you, you should be able to get it. But your listeners need to understand that that's not the case. Uh, you know, most emails go through Google one way or the other. Uh, they're the big uh, Internet, you know, company that has Gmail, and, and way too many people are using Gmail. But even if you don't have a Gmail account, Chris, if you look at the headers on your emails that you get from wherever you get them, it will show you the path that that email took to get from whoever sent it to you. And I guarantee you that in that train of servers that you know that email has traveled you will almost always find that at some point it went through google and that's when we realized we had a problem because it was google that was censoring us that's exactly right and we're not even talking about mass emails that we would send through the email providers contractors that we use when you have uh, several thousand or tens of thousands of emails that you're sending we're talking about just even sending to a couple of people. I've experienced that where depending upon, and this this is a new phenomenon, just of the last year and a half, depending upon what's in the subject line, uh, if it's about, you know, uh, like the vaccine or it's about, uh, you know, s- something else like about the LGBTQ community or uh, religious, uh, you know, persecution, these kinds of emails will be derailed too. People say, I never got that. And so I take it, I've done some experiments with this. I've taken it out of the subject line, make sure that uh, even in the body of the email, making sure that it's not visible to the server, and then they received it. So there's no doubt it was about the words within the subject content of what I was sending to just a few individuals, Tom. So this goes down to almost like micro censorship at this point. We, we talk about big platform censorship, but there's also, there's, there's just everyday folks are being censured as well, because big tech has the ability to do that. Explain. Well, even, even, you know, it works both ways. So, you know, first of all, your listeners need to understand the Ohio Christian Alliance is a threat to the people who don't want you to know the truth about any of those topics. And so, you know, they have a vested interest and stopping what Chris sends to you. But what Chris is also explaining is that you may send something to Chris using his Ohio Christian Alliance email address, and Google will have that flagged. They will have in their you know databases. They will show that that's blacklisted. That this person you know is not someone that you should send emails to, and they'll send it to spam. Or they'll just—it'll just never get there, and and Chris will never know 
that you, you sent him an email. And so it, it's, it's hideous. And who would ever expected that, that this, you know, like, is legal? Like, who gives them the right to do that? That's the question. Well, that's right. And so, you know, some of these things that are going on, Tom, now we've been able to verify because Elon Musk, and who thought that, again, God uses these very unlikely uh, personages and characters, like whoever thought that Donald Trump would be the person who would do what he did in moving the uh, capital uh, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem to right. uh, put yeah. that many Supreme Court justices on the bench that would overturn Roe v. Wade and all the great things that the president did uh, with starting to build the wall down the southern border. Of course, he didn't get a chance to finish that. We've got major problems. But all the things he was able to do, a very unlikely actor, here comes Elon Musk to buy Twitter. And he also, uh, you know, he may not be, he's not with us on all of our issues, that's for sure. He, you know, philosophically, we may not line up with Elon Musk, but he does believe in freedom of speech, and that's where we can say a hearty amen. And so here he goes, and, and it looked as if at one point, initially it sounded like he was going to buy it. Then there was some questions. He said, hey, I'm not even sure this thing. He's kicking the tires on it. He says, I think there's a lot of a bot uh, accounts here. I don't see real substance to this thing before I go ahead and spend real money. Uh, you know, and again, that shook them down a little bit, but and and kind of poked the uh, took some air out of the balloon of Twitter because you have to wonder about that too because they always boast all these these uh, users, but uh, you know you wonder how many of them are real and how many of them are ghosted or are uh, robots, right, or bots. So anyway, right. he goes ahead and buys it, and then he fulfills his promises and he starts getting into the network. He lets go all these engineers, brings his in his engineers because uh, listen. They were trying to obfuscate and to hide all this information, many uh, hearings before congressional committees, and they lied through their teeth, Tom, because Elon Musk has literally taken the data and shared it in the open. Most listeners, even listening to us now, are saying, hey, I didn't hear about that. Listen, folks, if you're listening to ABC, CBS, and NBC, of course you haven't. They haven't covered it because they're complicit in it. But if you've gone to other... Uh, conservative platforms, you've been able to read the Twitter files, and it's a who's who. And once we get things settled in Washington and who the next speaker is, and these committee hearings start, it's going to be blockbuster. Tom, your thoughts? Well, Chris, everything you said is absolutely right. But to many of your listeners, they may have thought that the problem was that Twitter was censoring us because many of us talked about that, you know, when we couldn't get, you know, our, our tweets picked up and shared, you know, we thought Twitter was censoring us. What is even more upsetting and outrageous is that through these document dumps where, you know, Musk has literally been sharing emails, internal emails from the, you know, the, the employees at Twitter before he bought it, what's more disturbing than anything is that it wasn't just Twitter censoring us, and they were, it was the U.S. government and many agencies in the U.S. government and powerful politicians on the Democrat side and even the DNC were able to tell Twitter to not let those Ohio Christian Alliance tweets go through. And you just had a, a great example of that when you put out a tweet the other last week you shared with me, and, and you were stunned at how far it went because we didn't realize how much they were censoring the Ohio Christian Alliance before. And it wasn't just Twitter. It was the U.S. government, and that's against the First Amendment. That's against the law. That's criminal. Well, that's exactly right, Tom. And so that I want to get to that. 
In fact, folks, we're going to have the Twitter files uh, loaded up to our uh, web page. So if you go to the Ohio Christian Alliance, and it's going to, uh, you'll see a link that says Twitter files, and you'll have a link that will take you to all 11 uh, information dumps of Twitter. Uh, we just got that yesterday. Uh, it's a lot of material there. You'll be able to click, and there, it's PDF format. So you just click on the PDF, and all 11 of them are there. And so you could take your time to actually read through them. And actually, quite honestly, you might want to keep that for yourself because as they, they, you know, they continue to scrub these things, and they're still in power, folks. And we're, you know, we're not in power. We're still trying to fight this battle for information and freedom and freedom of speech. But what Tom's referring to is just before Christmas, we got this ad. And I told people, I said, look, I'll know it's real at Twitter when they approve the Ohio Christian Alliance ads. Our ads have been declined, and we're talking about putting out our nonpartisan voter guide. We, we survey, not like other uh, organizations, we survey both parties. Now, we can't help it if the Democrats don't always respond uh, or if a candidate doesn't respond. Uh, we put in the voter guide those who do respond, and it's nonpartisan. We don't endorse candidates over the years. I personally don't endorse. The organization doesn't endorse, but we do uh, put out the information. So it's a nonpartisan voter guide. We found out later they don't do any political ads at all. Uh, okay, fine. But we had other things that we wanted to get out, and all of them were denied. Here's what Twitter did just before Christmas. It says, OCA President, your account has been accepted to participate in the Twitter ad program. Any active campaigns in your account are now eligible to run. We appreciate your interest in Twitter ads. If you have any questions, contact Twitter ads. Support via the help button in your Twitter ads page. Thanks, Twitter ads team. And Tom, 11 emails over the last two years that were all banned from the former owners of Twitter, all came available. And of course, some of them are dated, so we didn't post it, but I thought, Merry Christmas to us. Here comes all 11 uh, were approved all at once. Well, that could only happen because Elon Musk and his new team have come in and uh, realized, you know, what's this guy being banned for? For the reasons that you said, Tom, and the former people that were working the switches there were no longer in control. Now we find out it goes back to the FBI. It goes back to the Justice Department, uh, even uh, uh, the U.S. military. Uh, you know, and did they involve, were they involved in elections? Uh, th yes, they were. The Twitter ads all declare that. That's why Jim Jordan and team, when they get these committee hearings going, folks, you're going to hear a lot more about it. But you're going to have to be following We the People Convention. Tom Zawistowski sends out an email every day and also a podcast. Uh, tell uh, folks how they can follow you, Tom. Yeah, if you just go to wethepeopleconvention.org, uh, you know, you can sign up uh, to get our text messages or our emails. We are on Truth Social, and we are now back on Twitter with you, Chris. And, and our, you know, if you want to contact us on Truth Social or Twitter or Parler or any of those, it's uh, TomZWTPC. So at sign TomZWTPC. And I post, you know, pretty regularly, almost every day there. But you know, the question, Chris, that is in my mind, because as you know, you went with, through this with me years ago with the IRS targeting the Tea Party and the Christian groups. And, and you know, we were subject to government interference and, and government attacks. The question I have is, that's great that Twitter sent you this email that says, geez, Chris, you can start advertising again. But boy, I'd sure like to know who said you couldn't before. Was it just Twitter? Or was it someone in our government? Because there's someone in our government 
they need to be held accountable by the Ohio Christian Alliance because they violated your freedom of speech. And this is what, you know, people need to take that extra step and say, hey, you know, okay, so Twitter's letting us, you know, share our thoughts. That's wonderful. But we've got to take apart the infrastructure that created this monster. And it isn't just Twitter, Chris, as you know. You know, when Jim Jordan and those guys start investigating, they're going to look at Facebook and they're going to find a lot of bad stuff. They're going to look at Google. You know, there was a big, you know, uh, you know, people were stunned when they heard that uh, Twitter had like 80 former CIA and uh, you know, uh, FBI personnel working at Twitter doing some of the censorship. But I just saw an article the other day that there's like 300 people who are former CIA and, and, and operatives working at Google. So it's not just Facebook or Twitter. It's Google, but it's also ABC, NBC, CBS. How much control do these agencies have over what news they say that they put out for your listeners to see? That's the real threat to our liberty. In the Army National Guard, soldiers serve part-time and close to home. My community means everything to me. It helps shape me into who I am today and is where I choose to raise my own family. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from. And as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The education benefits I got from serving helped me get my degree and jumpstart my career. The training and leadership skills I've gained from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people, help my neighbors, and look out for my community. I know that when my neighbors need us the most, my fellow soldiers and I will be ready. My family loves it here, and my part-time service means we get to stay here. Serve part-time in the community you live in as a proud member of the Army National Guard. Talk to your local recruiter or visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. The Babylon Bee is a satire site that sends out a lot of funny stuff, but in it is a lot of truth and political truth. But uh, basically, they're satire artists. But here's J.P. Sears, who is a comedian, and this is what he said about censorship of content. My legalized comedy concept came from just seeing cancel culture trying to get rid of anything that was funny that conveyed a degree of truth. So comedians are getting canceled left and right. Of course, I've had cancel culture come at me for a lot of my comedy. And we're going to live in a sad world if comedy is ever killed. And that'll be over my dead body. So I'm still alive right now. And there was one time I was in a green room at a comedy club and on the wall, Dave Chappelle had written a message and all it said was, dear comedians, you have one job and that's to keep telling the truth that went right into my heart. So I stand for comedy. I stand for truth in comedy. And I think it is not even a funny joke for cancel culture to be attacking comedy. So we need to keep comedy legal. So, Tom, there's an example with one of the comedians. He's a great guy, conservative, J.P. Sears. And he's talking about the cancel culture that has attacked him. Uh, and if it wasn't that he has his own uh, clubs that he goes to and the, the circuits he runs, you know, he tries to put his content out there on social media, which is hilarious, by the way. Well, my family's really enjoyed it. It's actually family friendly. 
But again, because it's not the kind of messaging that the new wolf culture wants, it's being shadow banned or blocked. And I haven't even seen his stuff in a while. Here, Elon Musk, this was a headline in the Liberty Daily. Elon Musk releases Twitter files to exposing secret blacklists of prominent conservatives, COVID truth tellers. It was confirmed that Jack Dorsey and um, lied when they denied shadow banning. It's called its visibility filtering. That's what the internal note was. They even had a name for it called visibility filtering. Your thoughts, Tom? Well, see, this is the games that they played, but we all know what it is. And and I would take, like to take a moment, Chris, because what you said about the comedian is more important than people understand. We, at the surface level, we all understand and think of free speech as the ability for us to say what we think. And that's true. But that is not the main value of free speech in our society. Literally, Chris, the ability for us to say what we think and argue our points is critical to literally capitalism, for instance. In other words, why, why couldn't the Soviets make a car? Because if you, if you pointed out that the brakes were bad, they'd shoot you. In the United States, you could say any crazy thing you wanted, like, yeah, let's sell bottled water. We'll sell it like crazy. Well, there was a time when you would have looked at that person and said, you're nuts. But the fact that they could suggest that and it could be debated was the foundation for a billion-dollar industry. Freedom of speech is not just about your ability to say what you want. It's about our society's ability to function, and that's why we must defend it. As the comedian said, as long as he lives, that he would die before he would give up free speech, and all of your listeners must believe the same. And this is why this is such a critical subject and and issue right now, Tom, is that if we don't have free speech, we just don't have democracy. We don't have a republic. We don't have our freedoms. And so what happens in Congress this term is getting to the bottom of this with these committee hearings. And that's why there's a battle for speaker right now. There are conservative members that don't believe that Kevin McCarthy and the establishment are going to allow these committee hearings uh, to take place. That is that's unacceptable. It can't happen. And so we have to get to the bottom of what happened at the FBI and the criminal conduct at the FBI. Uh, We can't have uh, the kind of weaponizing of a federal agency against the American people uh, and censoring us. And now we've learned working with Facebook and Twitter and Google and YouTube to actually censure content. And so it's being a political weapon by the Biden administration and by the political left. That cannot be happen in this country or we don't have a country. I'm talking with Tom Zawistowski of We the People Convention. Tom, give us the contact information again for folks to reach you and to, and to also get your podcast that you send out each week. Sure. Please come to wethepeopleconvention.org. And right there on the front page, you'll see our podcast link listed. And uh, you can also sign up for our emails and text messages. And then you'll be in the loop to see all the articles we post. That's great. Tom, thanks so much for being my program today. Really appreciate it. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. 
This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.